Thanks for joining us here at Faith Assembly for our weekly podcast. We're so excited you're tuning in this week. To learn more about our church, you can visit us online at myfaithassembly.org. Join us live or connect with us on Facebook. Passion on them in their suffering. I I think we could do that right now. How about we just rejoice in the Lord even now, giving God thanks that he is a God who is near to the brokenhearted, that he helps us, that he's our help to us in every, every, every time of need. All right, maybe we'll worship later. Okay. Um, (laughs) I figured you should worship now because here's what verse 14 says. Yet Jerusalem says the Lord has deserted us. The Lord has forgotten us. The response to we need to rejoice, we need to shout, uh, I don't know. Verse 15, never, the Lord says, can a mother forget her nursing child Can she feel no love for the child she has born? But even if that were possible, I would not forget you. See, I have written your name on the palms of my hands. Always in my mind is a picture of Jerusalem's walls in ruins. Soon your descendants will come back and all who are trying to destroy you will go away. God, I thank you for this promise. I thank you for the word that you give. I pray, God, that encouragement would rise up in our hearts. And Lord, that every work of the enemy would not prevail. That you would give us victory as we step in to the greater things that you have. We pray this in Jesus' name. If you agree with that, you say amen. And on your way to being seated, just announce the title, He Won't Let You Fail. Just tell somebody beside you today, tell them today, He will not let you fail. He won't let you fail. We're glad you're, glad you're joining us, and I know some of you visiting from out of town, so good to see you. Welcome home, and uh, always, uh, always glad to, to have you here. Uh, as we, uh, we talk today, I want to just remind us of the encouragement that we have in Christ. And here's why we need encouragement because the enemy's doing whatever he can to cause discouragement. The, the work of the enemy is going to do uh, whatever he can to stop and hinder the work that God wants to accomplish. I believe that we are standing at the beginning of a new year. That's not just the end of one year. It's preparation for a new year because God is constantly at work and in motion. He's constantly moving. I believe a great door of ministry is open to us in 2022. And that is so significant God wants to do and is going to do great things, but I know it's also identified because the enemy's gonna pull out whatever he can to discourage and make us feel like it's not possible, it's not working. The enemy's tactic is discouragement. We know that his job is to, is to come to, to destroy. He, he's like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. The Bible says that he comes to steal, kill, and to destroy. The enemy does his job of destruction, but what I want you to know is the enemy doesn't do the destruction The enemy does the discouragement. He just feeds you and I enough job to kill ourselves. The enemy just gives us enough to feed feed us to hinder ourselves. I want to take you to the Garden of Eden when, when here's Adam and Eve who are in the garden. The enemy doesn't come and say, here, eat the apple. The enemy didn't shove the fruit down their throat. The enemy just stood back and suggested, hey, does God really know what he's doing? Is God really for you? Is God really good at this? Is God really where to be trusted? Is he really someone you should believe? Because I believe he just doesn't want you to be like him. How many know the enemy just fed them enough that they started to eat? They took the fruit, they ate, and they brought upon themselves. The enemy doesn't kill you. He just gives you enough resources so you can do it. So can I say to you today, the enemy came to to steal, kill, and to destroy, so don't help him do his job. 
Don't help the enemy do the job that he's come to do. I want to say this. Don't take the bait. Look at your neighbor telling me today, don't take the bait. The, the, the enemy's job is to bring discouragement. Discouragement is the enemy's voice to say this isn't worth it. And it's usually at the same time that God is speaking to you and saying, I've got great things in store for you. And the enemy will do whatever he can to come in the night, to come in the place, to speak discouragement, to say it's not worth it, to feed you enough discouragement that if you eat on it, you'll allow yourself to separate from the work and the purpose that God has for you. Don't help the enemy do his job. The enemy knows how to bring the discouragement. And when we're at the place that I want to end with this in this year, because I really do believe in my spirit that there is, there's a great ministry of opportunity that's opened up to us. Second, second Corinthians chapter 16. We're going to preach this in the new year. I believe there's things that's going to connect with the Monongahela, all that God is doing. I love how Holy Spirit is working and he puts all the pieces together and all in the midst of it, the enemy feeds discouragement. And I recognize it, and so I don't think I'm the only one. And so you might be here today, and you've had that taste as well that the enemy's feeding the discouragement of it's not gonna, it, it's not possible, it's not gonna work, you don't have what it takes, and the enemy will bring the discouragement, and he's not, he's the only thing that he can do is discourage. He can't destroy, because the only thing he has is fear. And fear only works if we believe it. Fear, it only works if we, if we allow it to set in. I can't tell you today how to feel. I can't tell you how to feel. Because I get it. You're like Jerusalem at times. I just wonder, is anybody in the room that you can relate with Jerusalem when God says, rejoice, O earth, sing in the heavens, declare from the mountains. And Israel says, but wait, God has forgotten us. Is there anybody who's felt forgotten at moments in life? Anybody felt like, God, do you know what you're, where I am, what's going on? There's moments of feeling forgotten. Listen, it's one thing to feel forgotten. It's another thing to be forgotten. You might feel forgotten, and that's okay. The only problem is when you allow the feeling of being forgotten to now become your identity, you now eat the discouragement the enemy gave you, and now you no longer go from just feeling discouraged or feeling a place, you now become that very thing that you've been eating. Then you believe the lies of the enemy, and now you begin to tell yourself, well, I don't have what it takes. You begin to compare yourself to other people and other things and and looking at what's around you. Now, instead of seeing what God has called you to, you're now looking at what's around you. Is there anybody who's ever been in such a place called discouragement? Yeah, the the enemy wants to bring discouragement, and the enemy only can do enough to feed us, but we don't have to eat it. We we don't have to. So what do we do in those moments when we feel the discouragement? Because it's one thing to feel. It's another thing to be. And so you might feel discouraged, but I hope today that I'm here to say to you today the, the, the hope that we have in Christ that you can break that curse that the enemy wants to bring against you. When you feel forgotten, how do we respond? Let me give you a couple things here today. And I, I believe this, uh, my, my hope is to be an encouragement to you. Here's number one, declare that he is the answer. Declare him as the answer. 
What do you do when the enemy comes in to discourage? The enemy usually comes to discourage to point out what you don't have and what you're not and what you're lacking. How many know that that's always true? If we look at ourselves, we don't have enough, we're not enough. But the answer is not in ourselves. The answer is to declare Jesus Christ as the answer. He is the one, the answer. He's the one. The enemy's goal is to rob your worship because if he can rob your worship, he'll take your joy. And if he can take your joy, he'll take your strength. If he can rob your joy... If he can take your eyes off of, off of the hope that he's given, the, the Bible says this, that he's, he's the, the God who is, who is for us, and he tells us to sing in Isaiah 49, 13, sing for joy, O heavens, rejoice, O earth, burst into song, O mountains, for the Lord has comforted his people and will have compassion on them in their suffering. Notice, sing for joy, O heavens, and rejoice, O earth, burst into song, O mountains. He's telling us that we're to sing when we're at, in the heavens, and we're to rejoice when we're at the earth, and we're supposed to burst into song when we're on the mountains, and that's anywhere in between. In your high place, your low place and anywhere in between there needs to be worship rejoice in all things give God thanks in all things when there's an attitude of worship it changes the atmosphere have you ever been in a place that as you worship and in worshiping all of a sudden you get distracted from your problems and your focus goes on Christ the presence of God fills the place all of a sudden you feel something lift is there anybody who's had something shift in the place of worship that as you worship you sense a shifting and a moving why is that because you're coming into agreement with with the heavens you're coming into agreement with what God has spoken worship is when we come into agreement with God And when I worship, I'm tasting and seeing what God has for me. But when I stay in discouragement, I'm eating what the enemy wants to feed me. And worry and discouragement is what the enemy wants to feed. But worship is what God wants us to eat on all day long, all year long, in every place that we are. That when we become people who worship, that we have a a perspective of recognizing or declaring, you can come into agreement with something and we'll all come into agreement with something. Some of us need to tear up the contracts that we've come into agreement with the enemy. We've come into agreement with this generational things that are in our lives. We need to break it up and come into agreement with heaven. We need to come into agreement with the things that God has. There was, in, in my life, and I, I share this, that, you know, just times of, of insecurity, and there was a moment of, of just recognizing. I literally said, this is the way I am. I, I would even say to people, well, that's just the way I am until one day Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, no, that's not the way you are. That's the way you choose to be. And the Holy Spirit reminded me, no, you need to come out of contract with some of the things that you've been saying. That's just the way it is. You got to come out of contract with some things that you've let. And there's some things we've allowed the enemy to put us in contract with. But I want you to know there's a contract that's greater. It trumps this contract. This contract was written by the blood of Jesus Christ in blood. It is held in heaven and forever that there's a contract greater than the one. Whatever your generation might be, whatever the curse might be around you, whatever the stronghold, whatever it might be, come out of agreement with the things that the enemy's trying to feed you and come in agreement with worship and declare he is my everything. He's my answer. He's my help. He's my strength. He's my strong tower. He's my portion that in him I have all that I need that we come into declaration into agreement. Agreement means this to to, to agree together and the Bible says if two or three agree touching anything it shall be done and sometimes we say yeah I would agree with that but I don't have a godly spouse. I'm not in a healthy relationship. I don't have a godly workplace the environment, the things that I'm in the only thing you need to agree with with two or 
three is agree with the word of God. That's one. Agree with the power of the Holy Spirit. That's two. Agree with your own mouth. How many know that's three? And in the declaration of three, it shall be done. I'm in agreement with God's word, and I'm in agreement with the power of his spirit. And because I'm agreeing with those three things, I can touch anything and believe it shall be done in Jesus' name. There's a declaration that we can make. You don't, and, and sometimes we're, we're limiting ourselves to what's around us. Man, the Lord just hit me between the eyes with this. Lord, you know, there'd be a lot of things we could do if we had resources, if we had other stuff, if we had things, if we had other. And the Holy Spirit had to, had to remind me, no, you don't need to agree with material. You agree with my word because my word causes those things that are not as though they were. And I'm the God who makes things out of nothing. I just need to agree with his word. According to your word, let it be so. And when I agree with his word and the power of his spirit, and I just walk in the path that he has, he makes all things come about. The enemy wants to bring discouragement. You know what? You don't have enough money. You don't have enough resources. You're not from the line, the right line. You don't have the right descendants. You don't have the right stuff. You, you don't have, and the enemy wants to feed us all kind of discouragement. And what I have to remind myself is I don't have to eat what the enemy's feeding me. I can reject it. I don't have to eat it. Some of us have to be honest with ourselves. We're getting bloated on what the enemy's feeding us. And we're filling up with the, yep, discouragement, disappointment, division, disgust, bothered. We become so full of what the enemy's doing and then wonder why we're not seeing God set free and break. Well, you've made an agreement with the wrong party. You're coming into agreement with the wrong things. Well, how do you break that agreement? You come into agreement with something greater. How many know that if I've got something that needs to be, if, 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 if I'm refinancing my house and I'm going to go with another bank, that I can't walk into an agreement with that bank until it's been satisfied with the other bank. But the moment this bank satisfies that bank, the bank that has now paid the price has now trumped whatever agreement there was there. That's satisfied. Now I'm at a higher agreement. How many know Jesus said that the strong man, unless the strong man be tied down, he can't be taken out. But how many know one who is stronger is Jesus? So whatever contract the devil has you in, the strong man paid the price and he's already over Trump and taken over the stronghold or the contract that you might be in with the enemy. He shows up and he says paid in full and you're in a whole new contract the moment you begin to lift your eyes to the hills where your help comes from your help comes from the lord quit making a deal with the devil that we're in contract how do, how do we do it? we declare the praises of god we we declare him as the answer we come into agreement with the word and with the power of the holy spirit number two we've got to determine his kingdom over our own kingdom when we feel like we've forgotten it's usually because our perspective is limited when you feel forgotten, the enemy wants to feed discouragement. I have to choose in that moment to, to, to determine his kingdom over my kingdom. That begins with me being willing to admit, God, your ways are higher than my ways and your thoughts are greater than my thoughts. Now, I know that in my spirit at times to be able to say that. I can worship that way. Lord, you're higher, you're greater. I can do that. But the real test comes whenever the enemy feeds me discouragement. When he feeds me discouragement, that's the moment now to really ask myself, do I believe the kingdom of God over my own kingdom or am I trying to bring God's kingdom down to my kingdom? Here's the example that he gives. He says, can a mother forget her child? Could a mother forget her child? Now let's all be honest. Let's just set a standard here and come to an agreement. In a healthy, normal, 
relationship, how many know that mother is going to fight for the health of that child? I mean, we can just set the, 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 the standard in place. Every mother is going to protect her child. I mean, there are moms that will protect their children, even sometimes to a fault. Like, my child would never do that. Oh, your child's not that innocent. The mother believes the best for her child, doesn't she? Every, every mom believes the best, wants the best, has the best. That's the heart of a mother. Can we agree with that? That's an earthly standard. That's an earthly standard. So if a mother would not let her own child go, God says this through Isaiah, even if a mother would do that, I never will. Why? Because the kingdom I'm a part of isn't, is contrary to the kingdom that you're in and it's greater. So don't bring God's kingdom down to your own by your own standards. Because here's what we're really saying. If I'm saying to God, God, I know that it's within a natural human woman to not neglect her child, but I don't know that you're that good. Oh my. Stop and think about that. In an earthly kingdom, a mother would not let her child go. A mother would hold on, would prepare, would take care of, would love. And when we get to the places that we feel forgotten, it's one thing to feel. It's another thing now to believe. I'm abandoned, I'm forgotten, I'm left alone. If a mother would never do that to her child, What are we doing then when we bring God's kingdom? We're neutralizing the kingdom of God to an earthly standard. Instead of setting our eyes to believe, no, the God I serve, that would never even happen on this earth. And the God I serve is even greater. His kingdom's even higher. So I know he's got me in the palm of his hand. I know that he'll uphold me. If an earthly mother, and Jesus even says this, if a father, if a son goes to his father and asks for food, is the father going to give him a snake or stones? How much more, your heavenly father? There's a contrast. The the kingdom of God, so much greater. It's so so much different. How much more will your heavenly father? We've got to determine that his kingdom is over our kingdom. We've got to make a decision to to do the next thing. What what do we do when the enemy feeds us discouragement? We, We come to a place recognize and when the enemy tries to bring us discouragement we declare that he is the answer we determine that his kingdom is over our kingdom and we do the next thing don't remain in discouragement or fear but do the next thing the the bible says in verse 16 always in my mind is a picture of jerusalem's walls and ruins he said i won't forget you because i always remember you in ruin now you might say well that's a nice way to remember us god you always remember me in my weakness God remembering you in your weakness isn't God thinking less of you. It's God thinking much of you. Here's why. Because in your weakness, his strength is perfect. And it's when we're weak that God says, that's the place I'm able to step in. And so God sees you in your weakness. God's not afraid of your weakness. God's not afraid of your broken walls. God's not afraid of the place that you've been in isolation. And what does do the next thing mean? Do the next thing means sometimes do the very thing and do it regardless of how you feel. Do it anyway. Do it anyway. Why is the enemy trying to discourage us? Because he wants to stop us from the purpose that God has for us. How many would agree with that? The only purpose of discouragement is to keep us from the purpose that God has for us. So how do you drop kick the devil? You do the very thing he's trying to convince you you're not able to do. You step out in faith and trust God and believe God in the very thing, to trust him in that area that the enemy says you don't have the ability. Let me use this as an example. You know that God wants you to forgive, that God's called you to forgive, and you're saying, but I don't feel it. Can I tell you, 
whether you feel it or not, forgive. Walk according to God's word. Do what God's word says. You say, but, but I don't feel it. I, it. It's not my feelings. Well, you don't live by feelings. You live by faith. This isn't feelings. And oftentimes we're waiting for the feelings to, to come. And it's not the feelings. It's the faith. Do that thing that God is calling you to do. Because the enemy is wanting to discourage you and justify and feed you the stuff so that you can honestly hinder yourself. Take your own. Take yourself out. The enemy's going to feed you whatever he needs to feed you to keep you isolated and to keep you away from the purpose of God. And so the reason he's trying to separate you is because he doesn't want you to step in what God has for you. So if you know that's the enemy's plan, how many know it's called reverse psychology? I mean, in the net, how many know there's sometimes, it, this is the conversation, you know, there's certain people, it's like, well, we need to, we all need to all be here at 11 o'clock. Okay, well, then tell them 1045, right? I mean, it's that, you got, you got to work that way with them. You know, tell them a different, we got to put a, the enemy is putting in your mind that you don't have what it takes. You know what you need to remind the enemy of? That you don't have what it takes, but the God you serve is near to the brokenhearted. That he sees you in your broken walls, not your broken walls of, of depleted and unable, but the broken walls of through him we can do all things. That he's made all things possible through the power of Jesus Christ. Do whatever that is. If it's forgiving, if it's, if it's, if it's in depression, you can't get out of bed. I know it's not easy, but get out of bed. And that's not me saying just do it because it's no big deal. It's me saying I know it might be hard, but don't eat and lay with a place you are and eat the enemy's discouragement. Rise up and do what God has put in your heart to do. Forgive, move forward, step in, do what God has put in your heart to do and do it anyway, even if you don't feel like it. Just look at your neighbor, tell him do it anyway. Do it anyway. Whatever it is. Because the enemy's going to keep us there as long as he can. Jalen and Manny are coming. We're going we're gonna to close. Here's, the, here's the, the last thing. The, the last thing is this, that we delight in the Lord. So how do we, how do we overcome discouragement? The enemy's going to try and feed us discouragement. And he's going to feed us discouragement, but we don't have to eat what the enemy's feeding us. So how do we come against that whenever we feel forgotten, feel like it's not working, we declare him as our answer. We come to a place of determining his kingdom over our kingdom. And we really come into agreement and believe that his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are greater than our thoughts. That we do the next thing. Whatever God has put in our heart to do, do it afraid. Do it whatever it is. Do it even though you don't feel like it. Do it because it's according to God's word. And you know that you can stand on God's word. And here's the last thing is to delight yourself or delight in the Lord. To delight simply means to have a soft spot for that when you delight in something, it, it, it moves you to delight in the Lord. Oftentimes, we want God's works to give us delight. You will never be satisfied in God's works until his presence is enough for you. Until his presence is enough. See, oftentimes we want to, de to delight in the Lord. God, I want to delight in you. And to delight in you means that you do the works that I need you to do. I need you to heal. I need you to make me feel better. I need you to work this situation out. I need you to do this. And we're waiting to delight when God does something. Delighting in the Lord doesn't mean waiting for him to do something. Delighting in the Lord means, God, whatever you do, I'm good because my hope and my delight is in you. I'm soft to you. 
Jody got a gift uh, yesterday at Christmas. And uh, it was from our youngest daughter, Jordan. Jordan gave uh, Jody a bracelet. Jody opens up the bracelet. She sees what the bracelet says, and she begins to tear up. I knew what Jordan had got her, but knowing how it moved Jody, I began to tear up. Jalen's tearing up. Jaron and Anna are on a video call in LA, and they're tearing up in LA. And everybody's being moved by this gift. It was a bracelet. It was a bracelet, but we weren't moved by the bracelet. We were moved because... Jordan had Nan's handwriting put on this bracelet. Nan is Jody's grandmother who went to be with Jesus two Christmases ago and just a great woman of God. One of the great blessings uh, God gave me was uh, my wife. And uh, um, the best is my wife, but Nan was pretty close. Just a great woman of God. Quiet, confident strength. A woman who didn't have to say much, but just her presence. My wife is saved today because of a praying grandmother. And by the way, let me say a good praying Lutheran turned Methodist grandmother. You say, well, what's that matter? She was a godly woman, not because of the denomination or the church, but because of the spirit of God that was on the inside of her. So Nan would write us letters every month and we've saved the letters over the years. Not all of them, but a a good number of them. And Nan's handwriting hand had gotten to a place where it was hard for her to write as she would shake. And so she hadn't written letters for a number of years before she passed. She would always sign her letters, love you so much, love Nan. And so Jordan had on the front of the bracelet in Nan's handwriting, love you so much, And on the back, love Nan. Man, we're moved. Why? Because Nan's got our heart. I've got a soft spot for Nan. Nan has, we have such a soft spot for Nan in our family that our kids ask us who's going to get certain things that we have of Nan's. Hey, when you die, can we have that? Can we have, and they don't, it's not even the thing. It's just because it belonged to Nan. It's not even, we want a rocking chair, we want that table, we want that mixer, we want, it's not the thing, it's, it belongs to Nan, and we've got a soft spot for Nan. I wonder if we've got a soft spot for the presence of God, that God, I want whatever you've got, and I know it doesn't look the way I think, but I want what you have for me, and I desire, I'm going to delight in you, and when I delight in him, he gives us the desires of our heart, and we come into alignment. Now we don't see this as an opposition against us. We see this as the God who is holding us, and he is for us, a God who won't let me fail. I feel like I'm forgotten. I feel like I've been abandoned. I feel like it's falling apart, but the God I serve has been holding me. He is. He has my name written on the palm of his hand, and if my name is written on the palm of his hand then he's got me the palm is the place of grip you can't have a grip without the palm guess what my God's got a grip on me and he won't let me fail he's for me not against me and it feels sometimes like I'm abandoned no that's the enemy trying to feed you discouragement that's the enemy trying to feed some discouragement you have to make a decision today are you going to eat what he's feeding 
Or am I going to eat at the one who's prepared a table before me in the presence of my enemies? He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. The enemy wants to feed discouragement, the place of feeling isolated and all alone. You know what the enemy is? The devil's just a big jerk. You ever have that moment where you're about to fall asleep, you lay your head on the pillow, the noise is fading away, and you're ready to just sleep. And then out of nowhere, you jerk. You feel like you're falling. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like you're about to sleep, and then just out of nowhere, it's like you tripped and you're falling, and you're like, whoa. And you get awoken in the moment of that sleep, and that's what the enemy is. He's just the jerk. That at moments comes along that when you've been resting and you're trusting, then all of a sudden the jerk shows up. Try to make you feel like you're falling. But how many know that when you come to your senses and you feel like you're falling, you wake up and you realize you've been resting in a safe place the entire time? How many know what I'm talking about? You feel like you're falling, but then you realize you've been laying here resting. The enemy's just the jerk that comes to say you're falling, it's falling apart. Oh, but when you come to your senses, you realize like a baby in his mother's arms, you've been held the whole time because his arms are everlasting and he is upholding you and keeping you and he won't let you fail. He's got you. He's too good. He's too good. Now listen, I didn't say you can't fail. I said he won't let you fail. You say, well, what's the difference? The difference is, what will you eat? Will you either eat on the discouragement the enemy's feeding you, or will you sit at the table, the one who's prepared a table before you in the presence of your enemies? That you can eat at a table in the presence of your enemies. You know why? Because I know surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And there's some of us here today, the enemy's been feeding you discouragement over generational curses, over lies, and you've come into agreement with the enemy. In the first service, I was talking with a family, and they said, Pastor, pray. We have some family members. We were together for Christmas. And someone had bought them. That's a problem, right, Lord? And with tarot cards. You don't know what you don't know? Then you, that's been broke, that curse that's been spoken can be broken because you can make a contract in the heavens and to declare according to the word, come into agreement with God's word and with the power of his spirit. And if two or three agree touching anything, it shall be done. I declare in Jesus' name going into 2022 that God wants to break some contracts that's been made with the devil. You've been feeding some stuff the devil's been giving you. You've been tasting and feeding on some things the devil's been, and for some of us it's like no big deal. Can I say to you, quit playing with the devil's garbage. Quit playing with the devil's food. He's trying to convince you it's all good, everything's fine, it's no big deal. No, he's just causing you to allow yourself to harm yourself because at the end of the day, the devil didn't do it to you. You let the devil have his way by taking the very thing the devil's been feeding you. You don't have to eat the devil's food. Does that make sense? I hope it's making sense because I just feel in my spirit going into 2022 
that God has already done this, but I'm believing in stronger measure that there are contracts that have been made over some of our families. And can I tell you, this was a contract. It's, 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 it, it might seem small to you, but I had to, I had to, in my spirit, I tore up the contract that said, well, that's just the way I am. I tore up the contract. I came in agreement with the power of God, with his word. And you know what I did? I declared it over my kids that you won't walk in insecurity. We've broken the contract with the devil. We will walk in the confidence, in the hope, and the joy, and the promise of God. I'm breaking the curse over this home and over this family that God set us free from alcohol a generation ago. But this generation, God set us free from insecurity, which was connected to our alcoholism. God did something. He didn't just heal the symptom. He healed the whole thing. I'm convinced. You know why my dad was an alcoholic? Insecurity. And so God set my dad free from alcohol. But he kept doing a work in this generation. And now he broke the curse of insecurity. I don't know what he's going to do in the next generation. I just know it's greater and more. And to the glory of God, I'm breaking the contract that we have with the enemy. And I'm declaring a contract that in the heavens, that by his stripes, we are healed. And I might feel forgotten, but I'm not going to eat the food that the devil's given me. I'm going to eat the table of the one who's prepared a place for me in the presence of my enemies. So would you stand with me? Some of you are in this room right now and you you sense right now Holy Spirit is speaking to you. You need to break some contracts that you've made with the devil. You've You've made some small contracts like it's no big deal. It's not a big deal. It's just a little bit. It's just the way I am. It's just you've made a contract. You need to tear up that contract right now and to declare by his word, his word, And instead of eating the discouragement of the devil, you eat at the table of the one who prepares a place for you in the presence of your enemy. And what does he do? He anoints your head with oil. Your cup runs over. Surely goodness and mercy will follow you all the days of your life. I declare in Jesus' name, goodness and mercy is running after you. How many would say today, I'm I'm making a contract in the heavens that I believe goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I, I don't, there's some of you here today, you need to break a contract with the things of the flesh, the things of the world, the enemy. You've made some contracts, some things that need to be broken. You say, Jason, how far do I have to go? What needs to be done? Here's all I know. You declare Jesus Christ as your Lord. You come into agreement with Jesus, with his word, with the power of his spirit. That curse is broken in Jesus' name. He'll give you the next steps to do. He'll tell you what you need to do. He'll tell you who you need to forgive, what you need to walk away from, what you need to do. His spirit will lead you. Just quit eating the junk the devil's feeding you. Quit walking in the discouragement. And I just feel this today. I've felt this even as we've been over this whole weekend, this Christmas. That God is breaking a spirit of suicide that is over this region in this area. Because there's a generation that has felt forgotten. Why? Why? That's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. Why? Because God is about to pour out his spirit on all flesh in a great move and a great awakening. And the devil's going to do what he can to keep feeding discouragement, division, disappointment. The enemy's going to do whatever he can. But the gates of hell shall not prevail because the word of God will not return void. He will accomplish the very thing. And so we're not going to eat of the enemy's discouragement of of his lie. We're going to eat at the table who says, goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. I'm in contract with the one who shed his blood and paid this price 